Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the NFL podcast Laces Out. Me and Paul are taking you through the NFL world, and we've got a special guest in the form of Stuart Woodmancy. That's right, the getting over host is jumping ship and getting in the boat known as NFL football. We're talking last week's games, this week's games, and uh, everything in between, really. There's some stats, so it's all there. If you are watching, cool. Do subscribe. It's It's an amazing thing to do. If you're listening, you can still subscribe. Don't worry, you're not being left out. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast. Laces out. Recording in progress. It is. It is. She's she's not wrong. And as he casts his eye over to the side to double check that that's actually true. Uh, it's one of the many, many, many football podcasts. Uh, at this point in time, I'm you know, you know, just trying to work out which of the football podcasts we're doing right now. Um, thinking Stu might be giving me, giving me a clue. Uh, did Stu's chest? Did Stu's chest just rise up slightly there so he could like produce, produce the name of the team? A little. That's right. It's uh, it's the Thunderbolts. So it's obviously <laughs> some kind of under sixteens American soccer league. Sunday. Sunday soccer league. Um. It isn't any of those things. It is, in fact, the NFL podcast, Yorkshire's number one NFL podcast. You know um, when we, you know when we first started, and we were number season, one straight away. I, I'm aware of it. Well, that, yeah, obviously. But what I was what I was gonna say was, you remember when we started and you said, "Do we need to go? Do we need to think about a, like a name change or anything like that?" And I was like, "Oh no, I think I think we I think we're okay with like lasers out of art." I'm now thinking that we should have just gone with what Ed wanted to call it and just call it the American Hand Egg Podcast. <sighs> it's one of those. I'm a man. I'm a man that likes likes a bit of tradition. Likes a bit of. Uh, well, know, but, it's tradition that Ed but, calls it American Hand Egg. So. <laughs> I, I as as a as a suggestion for a name, I actually do quite like that. Um. Tune in next week to see if the the name of the American Football Podcast has changed. Um, for you uh, lovely, delicious audio listeners out there, um, you might not be aware who quite who is is here today. Um, for you YouTube watchers, um, so roll call. I'm here. I think I think we can safely say that's the case. My more than glamorous co-host, Mr. Paul Williams, is also here. And this week's more than special guest, you guys know him as the host of the Getting Over podcast, as a, as a season-long regular of The Pursuit of Hoppiness, and an avid podcast recorder, promoter, and just all-round great guy, it is, in fact, Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. Hello to you, sir. Hello, hello, hello. So here we are. It's, uh... I mean, let's face it, the season's basically over at this point. <laughs> <laughs> We're on week. <laughs> yeah, like, do you reckon there's... I'd like, I'd like to think that there's an online community of... Cookie cast listeners that play on the various podcasts, and obviously they listen out for like certain buzzwords. So obviously on this one, it'll be when Andy's going to drop the seasons, basically yeah. over. Yeah. So <laughs> I imagine by this point in time, half of the half of the people listening are already smashed. They're just like, 
Oh my god, I can't give up. Like double fisting shots and. <laughs> if they're playing the cookie cash drinking game, they've, they've already necked half a bottle of tequila. They're doing that thing where you put shots in between your fingers and then you have to do them <laughs> like that because that's how often something gets dropped. <sighs> well, what can I say? I'm a creature of habit, but you know, I'm, I'm clean now, so it's fine. Um, it is, in fact, week, <coughs> and uh, we are going into week, <coughs> I'm sure the stats will tell me, I could look, but I'm lazy. Um, that's the one, for, for you audio listeners, you heard it here first. Um, now, we've got a little bit of a tricky situation, because obviously this podcast is all about just padding it out until we get to a certain point in time, and then we can tell, tell you people we're done. Uh, one of the ways that we pad it out is we do a season-long prediction. Um, however, this week's guest has already done that. So, uh, so, so yeah. We did tie with the idea of everybody <laughs> getting a second pick. But that's probably not fair at this point in the season, although I would definitely like to revisit my pick. Hear me out. We covered it, I think we might have covered it last week on the podcast, in fact. But um, we'd said that, obviously, when we first started the league, there was talk that um, I might have been in control of more than one team. So if we adopt that principle, I could make James's pick for the season-long predictions and Stu could make David's pick for the season-long predictions and you could make Sandra's pick for the long, uh, for the season-long picks and so on. No, because if you're going to stick to tight Paul, surely you'd have to make all of those picks. Um, yeah, that, that is true. It would be awesome if I just... Be, should, I, should I just set up like a 12-team league and just be all the 12 teams? I mean, you're saying it like it hasn't already happened. <laughs> I, could, I could just see you week in, week out, like, oh, man, I'm really struggling to, to work out which tight end to put in in four of these teams. Uh, the other eight, they're all sorted, but these four teams have got, you know, they've got real tight end issues, especially, you know, when three three of the tight ends on that, that team, that team, that they're out. So, oh, man... Who am I up against no, this the, week? Oh, that's right. I'm up against myself. Um, the, the, the best thing would be when uh, when I reject a trade offer from myself, yes. which is just strange. And so that answer. Yes, but then text yourself away from the group to ask for some underhanded, I'll trade you this week if you promise you'll trade me back next week kind of deals. Is this? Have we finally got to the point where Paul has therefore just openly admitted that he's rejected the trade offers before to make it look more real? Is that what's just I've, happened? I've, I, I don't think I've ever really. rejected a trade offer. I think I don't think I've ever actually physically declined one that's come through, unless I have thought it was like someone taking advantage of someone not having as much knowledge as the person offering the trade. Somebody who shall re- remain nameless. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, he, he, he can, you know what? He, he he will remain nameless, but he can he can stick up for himself when he comes on the podcast later in the season. So it's one of those things. I imagine anybody who's listened to more than five minutes of an NFL podcast that we've done before knows exactly who we're referring to. <laughs> anyway, what we need to do then is move on. Move on swiftly and get a, a get amongst it. Uh, what that means is we need to discuss last week's games. Find out who won for last week, whether it was me or if it was me. Or maybe even if it was me. Or you know, Paul might have won, I don't know, whatever. Guest. You know, one of them one of them other people. Um, find out what, what the numbers were like, who won the week what the table for the season looks like and then uh, I believe there is a little bit of bad news and a little bit of good news as far as the stats are concerned but that's getting ahead of ourselves so let's quickly talk about last week's games Go. so week three of the NFL season Brought around 
uh, another slot of 16 games. I believe the buys start the week after next. So we're going to start we're going to start to see less games a week from week five onwards. But we still have 16 games to pick from. Uh, obviously, Matt was last week's guest. Um, he was last week's guest, and he was last week's third place player. Really? With a very respectable 10 out of 16 picks correct. So well done, Mr. Moore. He was let down by the Giants against the Falcons, the Chiefs against the Chargers, the Steelers against the Bengals, the Patriots against the Saints. Silly. The Buccaneers against the Rams and the Eagles against the Cowboys. Um, which brings us to second and indeed first place. Maybe not in that order. But almost definitely in that order. But not in that order. If you sort of see what I'm getting at. In that both myself and Mr. Andrew Cook successfully picked 12 out of 16 games. And as we both picked different teams, there was no need for a tiebreaker. So we have therefore shared the week. So 12 out of 16. I actually noticed this when I was going back through the book. I've, um, I've hit a very consistent groove here. I've got 12 out of 16 each week. So, so what you're saying is if you... If you can't get higher than twelve in weeks to come, you don't get the point. I'm, I'm, I'm off that. Sounds good to me. Hmm. And a little handicap, you know. I mean, yeah, we, we can, we can go with that if you want. Cool. Everybody heard that. That's a, that's a signed agreement right there. Let's, let's get that in the book. A, ver- a verbal agreement is binding in the state of North Yorkshire. Absolutely. Um. So, what that does for the overall scores for the season is the guest remains on zero points. Uh, Mr. Cook is finally off the mark with his half a point, And I am still in the lead with two and a half points. Disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. You know what goes well with uh, discussing game week, uh, game, game week three's games, Andrew? A side salad known as uh, week three stats. No, that'd be, that'd, be, that'd be quite tasty. Maybe even a Diet Coke. So, here's the, here's the bad news. Let's get the bad news out of the way. Nate Davis, unavailable for comment. Not entirely sure what's gone on. Not entirely sure what's happened. Time, plenty of time was given over the course of the day for Nate to do... His job, which would allow the stats mistress to do her job, that unfortunately did not happen. I'm not entirely sure what's going on. Maybe, uh, maybe some hirings and firings. Don't know. Um, could be, could be sickness. Who knows? Um, so the stats mistress has had to go to a alternate source, and so that you lovely, lovely people don't have to sit and listen to my terrible reading out loud. I have divided this week's 12 stats between these lovely people seated here with me today. Um, I'm going to kick things off and then I will hand over to Paul and then Paul will pass the baton to Stu. Uh, NFL 2021 week three stats this week provided by Tyler Dunn. And collated by the stats mistress. Stat number one is thus. Just one week after his costly turnover in a loss to the Baltimore Ravens, Mahomes had another back-breaking error. Throwing an interception at the Chargers 41-yard line with a little less than two minutes left, allowing the Chargers to make a late game touchdown that the Chiefs failed to return from. Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert delivered 281 passing yards on 26 of 38 passing with four touchdowns and no interceptions, stunning the Chiefs 30-24. I think that's one of those. I mean... Do we even need to say it? The Chiefs 
Chiefs don't look great at the moment. Um, I've seen, I've seen a, I've seen a. I don't know if there's anything further down in this about uh, the Seahawks, uh, but I've seen that Pete Carroll's uh, past comment saying it's a long season, and uh, you know we're at the start, but we will we will look to improve. Um, but yeah, teams that were were solid, looking good previous seasons, might not be looking the same this season. One of those is not the Bills. Bills quarterback Josh Allen enjoyed a win over Washington. The Bills quarterback ran in a score and threw four touchdown passes, including one to tight end Dawson Knox right in the second quarter. Third stat. The Vikings aren't dead yet. I mean, you know. When everything's perfect around quarterback Kirk Cousins, obviously Paul's a big fan, he'll carve up a defence. As a result, these Minnesota Vikings 1-2 and two, showing signs of life in a 30-17 win over the Seahawks, who were also 1-2. and two. Uh, And my final start for this week, Ben Roethlisberger playing with a pectoral injury attempted 58 passes in Sunday's loss to the Bengals. This was the massive risk the Pittsburgh Steelers took heading into 2021. They had no interest in a total rebuild and so they welcomed 39-year-old Ben Roethlisberger back on a pay cut. To a division where Lamar Jackson, 24, Baker Mayfield, 26, and Joe Burrow, 24, are the other uh, 24 are the other starters. Um, uh, on on Sunday, I was like, of of all the people that have retired, of all the people that have have been, you know, surprise. You know, I I thought I thought Drew Brees had another year in him and stuff like that. The 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 other the the surprise works both ways. I was so surprised when uh, when Ben Roethlisberger didn't retire last season. Um, so yeah, it's uh... well, well, he, he came in in the same he came into the league in the same draft as P. Riv and Eli Manning, and obviously they both when they have both retired. Um, Eli had his maybe, jersey retired this week, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, there was the, they, they had the they did that before the game on Sunday. Uh, yeah, so he had his jersey retired, um, and they showed a clip of it. Obviously, they've started doing that thing on the Monday Night Football broadcast, haven't they? Where it's Eli and Peyton doing like alternate commentary, um, and he, they discussed it there because they, they sent, uh, I think. Brady and Belichick had sent like a sort of a congratulatory video each to him, and Peter Manning was commenting on the fact that it was it spoke volumes that they'd be willing to send him like a a congratulatory thing, even though he sort of made it so that they didn't win two more Super Bowl, and uh, everyone laughed. So there was something about so I just saw a clip where somebody had commented saying Eli Manning looks like somebody who lives at home with his parents. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? And it just had Eli on one side and Peyton on the other side and Peyton was absolutely howling. Well, have you have you have you seen any of it? Cause so it, it obviously they've just basically said to them both, We'll set you up with a home studio yeah. so you can both do it at home. Peyton looks like he's doing it in either a basement or a second house that's just yeah. been converted into a studio. Which, let's face it, is a possibility. <laughs> yeah, and Eli Manning just looks like he's doing it in his bedroom. <laughs> let's face it, it's really is weird. a possibility. <laughs> so you can see why people say stuff like that. But yeah. Uh, it's good. It's it's, um, it's it's certainly something different, and it is it is very funny. Peyton Manning is a funny bastard. I, I will funny. I will never forget that. I don't know what what was it was it a Saturday Night Live sketch or or some sort of comedy sketch he did 
where he was showing kids how to play American football and was just absolutely taking them out and just giving them a lot of shit. Was it was it on the leak? I don't know. I can't remember if it was a bit on the leak. <coughs> I, I, I know what you're talking about. It was funny. Oh, but he's been God. in loads of stuff. He was in, he was in, an, um, he was in a series of uh, Modern Family, I think. Where he turned up as a... Not as Peter Mann, he turned up as like a, a handyman. So he wasn't himself, he was he was playing a character so that, but he was really good. Oh god, it was amazing. Uh the one of the one of the searches, if you do it Peyton Manning, one of the searches. Um yeah, it was it was Saturday Night Live by the looks of things. Uh <laughs> I can't it'll kill it'll destroy me. Um I believe that uh Mr Williams, the stats go to you, sir. Okie dokie. So, we continue with an NFL record-breaking 68-yard field goal attempt by the Cardinals backfired on Sunday. Badly. In the form of a 109-yard touchdown return for the Jaguars. Despite this mistake, the Cardinals are now 3-0 for the first time since 2015. I'm looking... I know, I know I've said it. I've said it every week. I've said it from the start of the season. And I've said it every week so far. I like the Cardinals this season. You know, I'm like, I am on board with what they've got going on. I am enjoying yep. Cardinals football. Yep. Certainly am. I'm, I'm, I certainly echo that. So that was a 68-yard field goal attempt that would have broken the record, which was unsuccessful. However... An NFL record-breaking 66-yard kick for Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens kicker Justin Tucker was successful, bouncing off the crossbar and through the uprights. It was the final play of the game, winning the contest for the Ravens 19-17 to over the hapless Lions in Detroit. That was utterly ridiculous mm, to yeah. watch it. Because as soon as it hit the crossbar, I think everyone just presumed it was just going to come out yeah. again. But because it it confused me from the angle they were showing it, at. I don't like that from behind no. camera angle. No, the number of times I've been tell. like, "Oh, he's missed it," and then I, yeah. oh no, it's gone through. It'd be much better if they did like, even if they did it from the corner, so it was like on a sort of a slight side, or if they just did a side on view, because then at least you'd sort of be able to tell. I don't know because you wouldn't see if it sort of went. Past the post on the opposite side of the camera. Did you see? Did you see the Tricky. reverse angle of it though? Tricky. Where they showed it I from staring, staring straight down from behind the ball. Yeah, where they showed it from. Where they showed it from the other end, essentially like the other end of the field, looking down. It was a. It was a lot better. You could see a lot more of what was actually going on. I was like, why don't they use that that angle more? Well, if you if you notice, whenever they sort of, whenever they do do um, do do like tracking. On field on field goal attempts, <coughs> classic. Tried to mute myself, unmute myself, then mute myself when I wanted to be on. Like, oh Christ, only. Like, um, <laughs> if you if you watch, they'll sometimes do like a tracking shot where it actually sort of like slows the ball down, and just you can just see the revolutions as it as it goes through the post and so that. And I don't know, I don't know why they don't just use that shot more because. Mm. If you just basically, they should have ball cam basically, and you just track the ball as it's as it's flying through the air. Uh, I'm talking more... about something else there for a second. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's gloss over that, shall we? <clears throat> so it was kind of crazy because those uh, those attempts were within an hour and a half of each yeah. other. Um, when that the the one that actually was successful though, it was like when it hit the crossbar as well, they had that moment in the stadium where however many thousand people, obviously live on red zone as well. And it was like, donk, dead silent. And then it went over and it was like, absolutely. It was like, it's like that moment before like a goal scored when you watched like the football and stuff. It was like, it, it was perfect. For all, for, and, and it was even better. Cause I, I was saying, I was, I, I, I was saying at the time, I was like, 
if it's, it, I mean, it's one of those, you get like certain people that play for certain teams that do certain things. It's like, do you imagine Justin Tucker will ever buy a drink in Baltimore? <laughs> ever. Like ever in his, in, in the rest, up until that point as well, he could have walked into any bar anywhere in Baltimore and would have drunk, been able to drink for free for the night. Now, people would be queuing about the door to buy drinks. And it's like, well, They've, they've always said on the Around the NFL podcast and in the sort of NFL studios that basically when when it comes to sort of ranking kickers, there's basically a group of about four or five really good kickers. Then there's the kickers that are sort of fair to middling. And then you can just basically... just Oh, no, so it was that... I think uh, Dan Hansen was trying to rank the kickers. Sorry, this was it. And I think he did the top 10. I think he did 10 to 6 and then ranked them and then just left 5, 4, 3, 2 blank to put respect on Justin Tucker's name at the top because he's like, <laughs> he's that much better than any of the other kickers that he deserves that much space between himself and the rest. And it is true because I don't, I'd obviously I don't have his stats to hand, but there was something crazy like I, I don't think he's missed a fourth quarter field goal in his career. He's missed a point after because mm. there was a game a couple of years ago where it was the Saints versus the Ravens and Drew Brees had never beaten the Saints. The Ravens scored a last-minute touchdown and needed the point after to tie it uh, and Justin Tucker missed it. Um, and I think people literally couldn't believe it because I think it was like the first time he'd missed a point after in like 45 attempts or something ridiculous like that but yeah I'm sure that there was a stat that came out where he's never missed he's never missed a last minute field goal attempt he's, he's perfect for that and I don't think he's ever missed in the fourth quarter at all or something ridiculous he's got a ridiculously long streak going with it but yeah he's he's just a bit of an animal really isn't he but like I said I have him in the other league and benched him he um he had, to, he had to do something special at the end of the game after missing his first kick of the game as well, didn't he? So Yeah, well, I was going to say, because when, when the first kick came up and he missed it, I was like, oh, sensible ploy to bench him. That's going to come back and uh, pay off later on. <laughs> um, but we continue. So, if Matt Jones needs to throw 51 times per game as he did Sunday, the Patriots aren't going to win much. The play script got away from New England at home, and Jameis Winston supplied the sort of touchdown pass only he can. I'd, I'd love to elaborate on that. But... I, I saw something today and I was like, it's statements like this that, that make me physically ill. Like, uh, Mac Jones and Bill Belichick have got enough to beat Tom Brady. Said... Uh, like some some guy from a coaching staff that's worked with Belichick, and I was like, "No, they haven't. Don't if make don't, ridiculous claims." Yeah, but if you don't think that every single meeting that the Patriots have had this week and will continue to have up until Sunday night is not Belichick just going right, so Tom's going to basically end end his career as. Like, as untouchable, basically. he's got. Everyone knows he's got so many Super Bowls. Everyone knows he's, like, you know, going to have the passing yardage record. Everyone knows he's going to have the touchdown record, which I think he's already got. Um, he's got this, he's got this. The one thing he hasn't got yet is that he hasn't beat all 32 teams in the league. Let's try and keep it that way. And you just, you just know that he's going to be trying absolutely everything to make sure that the Patriots don't lose that game on Sunday. Probably not going to work, but he's going to be trying absolutely everything to make sure that Tom Brady doesn't get that win. Let's see, but yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I can't, I can't see anything other than a thumping Bucks win personally, but stranger things have happened. And finally, from my section... Giants running back Saquon Barkley scored his first touchdown since 2019, but only managed 3.2 yards per carry against the hapless Falcons. Um, Daniel Jones was average, and the Giants are now 0-3. Something's, uh, 
something's uh, not smelling quite right in New York unless you're uh, unless you're up in Buffalo. Did you see? Did you see that tweet? I did um, indeed. I was, it was crying. It was just like the Giants. 0-3, the Jets 0-3, and I think it was like, oh, it's, uh, it's not a good time to be a, a New York uh, football fan. And it was commented on by the Bills, just like, really? Like, oh, 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 I was crying. I was just like, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I love it when, like, just people, companies, teams, anything, just get in on it. I just, I think it's brilliant when people are just like, ah, let's have a laugh. Pure, unadulterated shithousery. You love Absolutely. it. You just love to see it. At that point, I'll give a shout out to the, the Chad Just Social Media team because they are fantastically funny. Enjoy very much a lot of the stuff they do. Even in def- weeks where there's, they've had a bad defeat or whatever, they still manage to, to raise a smile and, and kind of almost rip it out of themselves. But yet... I, I, I really enjoy following the, the Chargers account. It's cool. Stu, do you have some stats for us? I do. I can uh, can furnish you with some, some further stats. So we'll start on my section with the Colts quarterback, Carson Wentz, gave it a go on two sprained ankles and played like a quarterback on two sprained ankles against the Titans. I swear that was going to say hunchback. Um, <laughs> he didn't run the ball once. Threw it away several times, and the Titans rolled despite their three turnovers. Uh, Tennessee's offense proved it is talented enough to win, even when Derrick Henry and Julio Jones don't score. Uh, the next one I have is Chicago fans wanted to see Justin Fields. They got Justin Fields. Fields only had six completions the entire game, whilst getting sacked nine times, uh, four and a half times by Miles Garrett, and hit 15 times in all, losing to the Browns. I mean that is a that that is a bad afternoon. <laughs> I imagine he's still um, feeling it now. It's rough, man. Like it, uh, it's one of those things where he he probably went to sleep that night and he probably just had a quick last check in the cupboard or something to see if Miles Garrett was still like stopped <laughs> to, to get the other half of that half sack. You mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've got, also got uh, the, the Sean McVay Matthew Stafford combo. Always had potential, but not many predicted the Rams would be ready to down the Bucks' defense this early in the season. Stafford completed twenty-seven of thirty-eight passes for three hundred and forty-three yards, with four touchdowns, no picks, and was only sacked once. Uh, shutout losses are never good, but the Jets' Week Three match with the Broncos was especially brutal. The Jets have only scored 20 points this season. That's tied for the fewest through three games in franchise history. Shout out to Andy for giving the guy with the whole accent Broncos as the uh, stat to read. It's it's one of those that I, I think, was it last week I was like, can we just, you know, get rid of the Jets? Can we just like, you know, like... Like push them off into the sea as if they were an island, and then fire a flaming arrow onto them, and you know just forget that they ever exist. It, it, you you know you've got to feel you got to feel sorry for any team that just can't really get it going. Um, but the the Jets, man. Remember when they had that like l- late season run last season, and it's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why are you bothering? Obviously, I'd love to see, you know, I'd love to see any team, you know, rebuild and come back stronger and, you know, who knows, maybe a couple of years, two or three years down the line, they might be like like, the, like what the Browns did, you know, just build, 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 get those, uh, get those good um, drafts and, and stuff like that. But whew, it is uh, it's tough sailing. in in the Jets waters so that is week 3 of the 2021 season you sir with with your hand up Uh, I need to double check this but I think I I think I inadvertently put the kibosh on the Steelers defence last week how has this happened so the they set the sack 
streak mm-hmm. record didn't they, within the last couple of weeks. They did. And I believe on the podcast I said, oh, now they've set that, that sacked like, streak. I, like You'd imagine they'll just basically continue getting at least one sack a game for the rest of eternity. And it was literally this weekend that they didn't get a sack against the Bengals. <laughs> I was like, what I mean, oh, I mean, I mean, we 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 could talk about how uh, you know Daniel Jones had been having a reasonable season up until the point that somebody picked him up and put him in as his quarterback last week. <laughs> so all right, I, I I have a I have a sneaking suspicion the Vikings are going to do real bad this week. <sighs> so we can start talking week four. We can even talk a little bit of. Fantasy football. Uh, where where do you want to where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What do you want to talk about? Let's do fantasy, shall we? Ooh. So, I like it when like you know like uh, I'm a, I'm a workman and I, I come home and I, you know I've got to. Oh wait, no, not that fantasy. Okay, sorry. Ignore me. <clears throat> so. Um, as we can see, there are three of us here right now. <laughs> she was tickled by that one. Uh, there are three of us here right now, but uh, as you all know, the way fantasy works is Paul would have an opponent, and his opponent is here. I would have an opponent, and uh, he's busy warming the bench in the sin bin next to the other sin bin member, uh, which could only mean that I will have to destroy him in this week's fantasy and by saying that means it will not happen gentlemen what are what are the uh, what are the thoughts on this week's fantasy i i had a bit of a panic because like you were saying before i know that um the buys start kicking in fairly soon and i was like oh my god is it this week um but no so uh, everybody is still available no they're not well, oh, I'm bitter about it. I mean, if that's not a perfect place to start, why? What is? Didn't um, this happen well, last year? Exactly right. I was going to say this. The week, the week that I come to play Paul, the the person who potentially not only would score the highest amount of points in that game, but had scored the highest amount of points for my team in the season so far, um, got injured, and it's happened again. I got the first pick, first overall pick. Uh, taking Christian McCaffrey and he's lasted two and a bit weeks because he got taken off pretty early from what I understand this week as well. So hamstring injury, undisclosed amount of time, I think. I don't think anything's been put out yet. Well, um, let's, have a look, let's have a look at what the actual fantasy app says. It'll, it'll probably be predictive for points still, knowing that thing. So well, while, while Paul's looking that up, what I can reveal is uh, apparently Christian McCaffrey received a video in the last week um, of uh, something that happened to the Ultimate Warrior a little while ago. <laughs> the video was taken real close, real personal, and Christian McCaffrey has got an injury. He's taking just, a dive. Just saying. Probably got an album coming out or a book to uh, promote. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cross pollination podcast. Get- Listeners and viewers of the Getting Over podcast are ticking their card. Bingo, <laughs> uh, right now. Uh, so, according to ESPN's fantasy report, Christian McCaffrey will miss Week Four with a hamstring strain. The Panthers are hopeful he'll be able to return within three weeks, which is why he has not been placed on IR. So. They think it's a hamstring strain rather than a hamstring tear or a rupture or anything like that, which is infinitely better than it could have been. Sorry, it's not just better. Yeah, yeah, yes. It's it's not just the Panthers that are hoping that he comes back quickly because uh, the rest of my team are uh, not not amazing. But I I don't think you've got a terrible situation really because your backup running back is Tony Pollard, who. Is definitely sharing time with Zeke at the Cowboys. Granted, Zeke got the touchdowns on on Monday night, but Tony Pollard is he's a, he's a good fantasy player. 
I did um, I did attempt to try and get the uh, the Panthers back up running back on the, the waiver wire this week, but I was beaten to that by everybody's favourite toots. <gasps> oh, sad. Mm. But yeah, um, it, fan, the the fantasy app is uh, is, is predicting uh, Mr. Williams' win, ninety five to eighty three currently. I know that means absolutely jack shit at this point in time. Well, but uh, it's it's because I'm riding the crest of a wave that is Matthew Stafford's rebirth in Los Angeles, basically, as we covered in the stats. Um, obviously, we've we've said before that the Cardinals looked. Spicy. I think the Rams are quite rightly being tipped up as a as a Super Bowl contender, and a, a lot of people have, have tipped them from the start of the season. To be fair, um, and it's amazing how how much difference like a competent level quarterback makes to that team. Obviously, not nothing against Jared Goff, but. It's clearly not the quarterback that Matthew Stafford is. So I've, I've said, I think I'm pretty sure I've said it every week so far this season that when when quarterbacks and teams click, sometimes the quarterback just isn't right for that team, and, and then when these quarterbacks are moving about and you find a quarterback that just clicks with a team, it makes a world of difference. And it, it's weird if you think about like you know there is an entire team there. But obviously, your, your quarterback is ultimately the captain of the ship, in a lot of ways. So, I I was I I will hold my hands up firmly and say I was absolutely poo pooing the Rams before the season started, and still at the start of the season, I was very much uh, you know flukes and this. But yeah, you can't you can't argue with results. Whether they managed to keep it going season long. Is yet to be seen, um, but yeah, I do have to uh, kind of admit that they're doing they're doing better than I thought they were going to do. That's for sure. I think it'll be that thing where injuries will play a massive part in whether or not they can make it all the way through the playoffs yeah. and get to the Super Bowl. So that, as it will with every team, to be fair. But early indications, are, and as well, they're in a very very tough division. Yeah, because as we've said before. It's the highest, it's definitely the hardest division in football. It's the most competitive division in football because I know the Seahawks have had a bit of a wobble recently and stuff like that. But you'd argue that any four of those teams could finish top of the division. Any four of those teams could finish bottom of the division and stuff like that. It's, um, like, all of them could be over ten wins, so it could just be a bit of a shit. It's that the, the the inter inter conference games or inter division games will basically decide that that division. Yeah. Because well, if, if the Rams, if the Rams uh, defense could actually score me some points, then they can they can shove the rest of it. I don't care. But I got big fat zero off them this week when uh, it was looking okay at one point, and then they seemed to go downhill swiftly. Problem is, is that if you're playing the Rams defense. Last week and this week is probably not the week to play them because you had a Tom Brady offence where he's got four or five receivers that he can go to at any time. So it's hard to cover everybody. And this week he's going up against Arizona and Kyler Murray can just run on you for fun. And so that. and he's got weapons that he can throw to as well. Um, so I'd uh, <laughs> maybe look and see if you can pick up a different defence there. The, just, the only one in my ranks currently. The, uh, the 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 top available one is the uh, Dolphins, so I think I'll leave that. Uh, thanks, but not for me. Well, they are playing the Colts, so it won't be. It wouldn't oh, necessarily be. That's that's not a terrible pickup because Carson Wentz is obviously not a hundred percent fit, so. Probably not the worst. Probably not the worst. This is I've ever heard. This is where, like, in like a week's time, you guys are sat here talking about this without me, and you find out that the Rams have scored minus points, and the Dolphins have like, uh, like taken two pick sixes, and that'll be it. Off they, off they go. Well, all I can say is that I've got the Bills' defense, and they're playing Houston, so 
Good luck, Stu. <laughs> Shall we move on? Who have you got, Andy, this week? What, what's your What's your fantasy line looking? I am I am playing the uh, the the second member of the Sinbin um, this week, Mister Mister Wright. Um, I don't like it because the apps put me on the other side. Like it's, it's confusing. Um, currently, and I put no faith in this whatsoever because obviously until game day everything subjects change. But currently, I am slated to win uh, 94 to 85 as I say I don't believe that for a minute uh, I made uh, a, a, a second in two weeks change at quarterback for Paul's favourite quarterback um, and that is purely from a points perspective because uh, I, th- I thought uh, at the point that we were drafting and stuff I thought the smart move was to pick up somebody solid like uh, like Baker, go uh, go go money ball on this bad boy, go for your, your solid sort of mid range guys, and then every week it's our oh, Baker seems to be suffering with some kind of injury. We're not sure what it's like, or maybe he's just shit. Have you thought of that? Um, and I, it's absolutely nothing to do with him sitting on my team. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not liking some of the stuff I'm seeing on the other side of the, of the uh, board. Uh, Russell Wilson in a quarterback, you know, either the Seahawks are going to get it together sometime soon, or they're just maybe just going to coast through the season, which is a shame. But there's also like next name down on the list is uh, is Hunt. Uh, Calvin Ridley's in there. It's, it's you know, the, as you start working your way down the down the list it's a bit like oh man um end of the day it's all about what happens on game day um i did leave points on the bench last week um but uh in all honesty those were points that i probably wouldn't have put in the lineup so that's again a way that uh that fantasy goes sometimes you just gotta let those hard to reach points go Obviously, everything that I've said up to this point about my opponent is in jest. Um, I'm sure, like last season, he'll contact me in four weeks and be like, uh, uh, I, 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 I'm sorry I didn't get your message. I didn't send him a message. So, that's the fantasy side of things covered, unless you boys want to, you know, do a little bit of verbal sparring. I don't know how these things work these days. No, it, it feels it feels uh, feels inappropriate to uh, try and sort of throw shade on your opponent when he's when he's missing his best player. Seems a bit harsh, really. Ah, so all not quite all, but a lot of what's left is to talk about the fact that week in, week out, where possible, we have a guest. And what everybody does is everybody gets the opportunity to try and correctly predict all of the games playing that week. Often, and certainly up to this point, 16 possible points. Uh, I have a go, Paul has a go, and the guest... The collective guest also has a go. So sometimes, every now and then, there are there are more than one guest, and they can double up and take on uh, trying to get that week's point. So uh, the way we usually do it is uh, before recording the podcast, I will send my picks to Mr. Williams, and he will collate them. I imagine at this point in time, Paul knows what he's picking for the week. Uh, and although I imagine Stu has sent his picks in by now, I think we will probably use Stu's picks to review what games we've got coming up this week. Paul. Indeed. Uh, just a small correction from earlier in the podcast. It's not until week six the buys start. So it'll be 16 games to pick for the next 
two weeks. So, we open this week with the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. So, it's a meetup of the last two first overall picks in the draft. Surprisingly enough, we've all gone for a Bengals clean sweep. Similar in the second game that I've got listed, as the Cleveland Browns travel to Minnesota to take on the rejuvenated Vikings, we've all gone for a Browns win there. Uh, the Tennessee Titans going up against the New York Jets, we've all picked the Jet. No, no, sorry, we've all picked the Titans because we've not had some sort of brain trauma. Um, the Chiefs, looking to bounce back after two consecutive losses, travel to Philly to take on the Eagles. And we've all picked the Chiefs there. Uh, next, we've got the Panthers traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Now, both myself and Stu have picked the Cowboys to get the win there, whereas Andy thinks the Panthers are going to be able to cope with uh, without Mr. CMC and uh, continue their winning streak. And I have the little caveat of that I did put an unhappy face next to the Cowboys pick because I had to actually pick the Cowboys for that one. Right. right. What have you got against the Cowboys? Like, obviously I haven't followed it for as long as you guys, but like, I was around during the Premier League seasons of the, of Man United's dominance and it seems to be that they're like the Man United of the NFL. So, on that basis, I'm out. The, the Man United of the NFL is definitely the New England Patriots. Well, that's just my take on it. Poor so. old Dallas. Poor old Dallas getting absolute dog's abuse for absolutely no reason. I mean, everyone else would say it's perfectly justified. Uh, but, you know, that's just that's just me. I think I, I, think I don't really mind them because I've got a friend who supports them and, you know, they've, they've got a player who has, didn't have an ankle for half of last season so um, it's always nice to plump for an underdog sort of uh, next up we've got the Giants travelling to New Orleans which is the first game back in New Orleans uh, scheduled so they have been given the go ahead to recommence games there so big homecoming for the Saints you'd imagine there'll be a big crowd there no shock we've all picked the Saints Um Next up, we've got the uh, the Detroit Lions coming off the back of the Ravens game where they obviously lost to the longest field goal of all time. Travelling to Chicago to take on the Burrs. Obviously, um, Justin Fields didn't have the greatest of times last week. Um, there was talk of, I think, all three quarterbacks being in contention to start the game this week. Obviously, that's all dependent on Andy Dalton's injury from week two. Um, both Andy and Stu have gone for the Bears to pick up the win. I think the Lions might might take this one because I reckon they'll try and use the momentum they had from last week to try and get them through to get that first win. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Stranger things have happened. You never know. Uh, next up, we've got the... Texans going to Buffalo to take on the Bills. No surprises there. We've all taken the Bills. Uh, the Colts are going up against the Dolphins. Uh, both myself and Andy have picked a Miami win, whereas Stu has picked the Colts. Any particular reason why? Well, no. I just I, I'm not. I'm not, a, <laughs> not. I'm not huge on the Dolphins either. So they're both in a bit of a. They're both in a bit of a crap place at the minute, really, because obviously the Dolphins don't have their starting quarterback. Some might say that's a bit of a blessing in disguise. And obviously the Colts starter isn't exactly healthy, so... Could go either way. Are they not, like, both in that weird kind of rebuild phase as well at the moment where they're not, like... They don't have consistent sides, do they? They don't get consistent no, I results. mean, like... You'd argue that of the two, the Dolphins should be in a better place because they had a really good defence last season. They're now settled at the quarterback position because two was the unequivocal starter when he's fit, obviously. Um, yeah, just a, just a really strange one. I think um, the Tua stuff isn't 
helping Miami at the minute because obviously there's a lot of talk about is he is he good enough? Is he is he going to be injury prone? Are they going to get a, a consistent run out of him? Time will tell. And with the Colts, I think I don't know if they're just unlucky or whether they've sort of taken a bit of a flyer on Carson Wentz because he because he once played well. He played well under Frank Reich in Philadelphia when he was the offensive coordinator. So who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I, I just heard a point for me. Is that that's what you said? I really. see. I see. Point for points. points. Classic. Classic. Uh, next up, we have the Washington football team travelling to Atlanta to take on the uh, Falcons, who picked up their first win last week. Uh, surprisingly enough we've all gone for the Falcons on this one so obviously no one's thinking that the Washington football team have got anything going for them at the minute um, next up we have the Seahawks travelling to San Francisco to take on the 49ers again we've all gone for the Seahawks now I don't know if that's a sort of a bounce back I mean obviously the 49ers lost as well but I don't know if it's a case of we've all picked the Seahawks to bounce back from two two losses on the spin but that that was the one that probably took me the longest time to decide on. That I thought I think for me yeah. that was probably the closest one of of the ones I wasn't sure about. Like it it it, it, it took me more than going, mm, yeah, that one. And then I actually thought about it for a bit. Yeah, it's understandable. Uh, same division. We've got the Cardinals going to LA to take on the Rams. Um. Both me and Stu have picked the Rams, whereas Andy's gone for the Cardinals here. What can I say? I'm loving Cardinals football. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, four games left. We have the Steelers, who look in all sorts of trouble, going to Green Bay to take on the Packers. There was, uh, there was something that came out like, this is the first time those two teams have met since the Super Bowl that they played against each other which I thought was crazy because that was like 10 years ago and surely the rotation of teams would have dictated that they would have played each other since then. How is that even possible? I don't know. That's, that's why I was, I was confused by it. But uh, yeah, apparently it's the first meeting since the Super Bowl in 2010 or 2011, I think it would have been. But yeah, very, very strange. Um, Next up, we have the... Oh, sorry, we've all gone for the Packers. Shock. Not really. Uh, next up, we've got the Ravens travelling to Denver to take on the Broncos. Uh, I reckon this could be the uh, the week that the Broncos just basically implode because they've had it all their own way. They, uh, it was it was covered on around the NFL that um, obviously the Broncos are sitting pretty at 3-0. and Their combined opponents from the first, three, uh, the first three weeks of the season are... Uh, Oh, nine. So uh, they've uh, they've not exactly had tough opponents to play against. I think they've opened up against the is it the Giants, the Jets, and the Jags. So obviously, there's never a gimme in the NFL, but those are pretty much as close to gimmies as you can get. So. I reckon this will probably give us more of an inf- an insight as to where the Broncos are at for this season, per- for me personally. If they can keep it to within two scores, I reckon they've done well there. Uh, but no shock, we've all picked the Ravens to win that one. Uh, then we move into the primetime game. So we've got the, uh, as mentioned earlier on in the uh, in the podcast, we've got the Tom Pabay Buccaneers. Travelling back to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. Obviously, it's Brady and Gronk's first time back in New England. Shock horror, we've all picked the Buccaneers to win. But I get the feeling we'll all sort of be kind of praying that the Patriots might pull out the job there. So, eh, let's put it this way. None of us are going to suffer if the uh, if the Patriots do get that win because no one else is getting points. So it's one of the, probably one of those ones where we've picked a certain way, but we wouldn't be that disappointed if it goes the way we didn't pick. I, th- I think you'll find that I want um, Tom Brady to score all of the points. No, the only- no. Unfortunately, Stu, I think what I've actually I've actually seen the, uh, the I've actually seen 
next uh, next Sunday's game actually, and uh, unfortunately he um, he uh, he goes to throw the ball in the um, with the very first snap of the game, and uh, all of his limbs just spontaneously combust. Um, so very, it, strange, very, it, very 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 freak freak accident. So. If that if that actually happens, then this is definitely getting used as evidence against you, Paul. Don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. So yeah, uh, no shock there at all. But the books, it's, it's going to be a massacre, isn't it? It's going to be ridiculous. They're going to start so many points. Uh, and last but not least, we have the Las Vegas Raiders travelling to LA to take on the Chargers, which I didn't even realise until I've just looked at this. That means there's going to be back-to-back games in SoFi Stadium Sunday and Monday. Interesting. Good job they're both playing blue and yellow, aren't it? Well, I don't know if they've got... They must have interchangeable end zone turf or 3G turf or whatever they class it as. I washing it down and I had a, like I, I've got somebody who I follow on I'm going to say Instagram who posted a video from the weekend's game uh, but they were posting a video of the stadium and they were like this is the most insane stadium I've ever visited and they were just panning around the stadium that place is bonkers it's, it's a ridiculously amazing stadium. Whenever they sort of pan up and you see the ceiling yeah. or the roof, the, even just the roof looks ridiculous. It's got that huge... Um, is it the... In like, it, it's like a scoreboard, but it runs is it runs around the inside of the roof. Yeah. And so that, it's similar to what the Falcons have got at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But, obviously, the fans of the Getting Over podcast will know, obviously, we've, we've discussed that me and Stu have had the privilege of being of having gone to a WrestleMania in the past. It's on the slate for WrestleMania in a couple of years' time, and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't very tempted to try and get tickets for it and stuff like that, but um, it is it is definitely one of the stadiums that would be on the on the bucket list if, uh, if that was a thing. But then again, what stadium in the NFL probably isn't for a lot of people, to be fair. But... Yeah, it would, uh, I think it's certainly one that needs to be viewed to take in the true sort of uh, spectacle of what it is and stuff like that. But, yeah. Very nice. That's, uh, oh, shock horror. We've all picked the Raiders to beat the Chargers. Even the man sat wearing the Chargers jersey. Yeah, I've gone I've gone for a bit of a flip decision on that because obviously they're going to have the buzz of the, the Chiefs win. Um, and... Uh, They'll 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 get brought brought back down to earth. I think this week, the Raiders, man, they're they're good. <laughs> they're good this season. Derek yeah. Carr looks like he's a bit of a man possessed at the minute as yeah. well. So, from from our perspective, Paul, as long as uh, Rugs makes all the catches, then I'll be happy there as well. No, <laughs> no. I've I've just picked up Hunter Renfro actually this uh, this week. Uh, and he's currently on the bench, but um, might keep an eye on his. Uh, excuse me, might, might keep an eye on his, um, like his right up and stuff like that, because he might might have to might have to send him in because uh, he's uh, he's looking pretty good. Apparently, like, they were they were talking. I think on Red Zone they were saying that they, apparently he's known as Third and Renfro because obviously he's that he's their sort of go-to guy if they want to sort of if they if they're in a bit of a bind and they need like. They need a sort of a G up. He's the man to go to and stuff like that. But um, apparently, it was like, why can't it be first and Renfro? Mm-hmm. But yeah, Raiders looking pretty good at the minute. I agree. I may or may not at some point have been uh, on the on the prowl for Derek Carr to be uh, to be QB one. Uh, he was not available. Well, that's what. Week four looks like um, it's in the book, so that means that before long it'll be in the history books. Um, all that it leaves me to do is to ask you, gentlemen, if there is any other business right here, right now. 
the man in the corner is shaking his head and the man down below is shaking his head, which I'm going to take it to mean that that is no. Uh, thank you to you, Stu, for coming along and being this week's guest, giving us your predictions. Uh, good luck to you taking on Mr. Williams, not only in the in the predictions, but also in the world of fantasy football. Good luck to my opponent. Uh, surely by now that, that Sinbin bench is warm enough, but anyway. There we go. That's it. Week three, done and dusted. Week four, coming down the pipe. Till next time, next week, we will uh, we will say bye and uh, enjoy the weekend's games. See you later, boys. Cheers. So there you go. What do you think to that? Big thanks to Stu for uh, joining us, going through. This week's games, yeah, big thanks. If you're watching us on YouTube, then uh, cool, that's cool. If you're subscribing, though, that's where the real good stuff is. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It's not just limited to YouTube. Uh, and subscribing's a big help to CookieCast. And uh, ultimately, everybody wins. So that's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then.